0: Hey, what's going on, Chams? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show. And thank you for supporting my dad.
1: Welcome back, Immigrant Nation. Another week, another new episode. And actually, another new month. Wow. I mean, this month is going to be anniversary month of an immigrant's life. Wow, I can't believe it. Like it's been 3 years since I started this passion project that I have and it's been 3 years you guys have been sticking with me, listening with me, sharing my content and every day I'm grateful for you guys. So, I hope we can continue this project. I hope we can share more amazing incredible and inspiring stories of individuals that that have relationship with immigration and for the good and the bad of it and let's continue right so anyways as your host and guide on this journey i couldn't be more thrilled to bring you this first episode of this long month celebration of our third anniversary It's a momentous occasion, and we got a fantastic show lined up for you. And for this episode, we have a guest that exemplifies the beauty of collaboration in creativity. He shows us that being a soul creator isn't the only path. Often, the joy lies in working together, elevating each other's ideas, and forging connections that fuel innovation and inspiration. So grab your favorite beverage... Get comfortable, because without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a chemical engineer and a creative. While his films and photography are breathtaking, his rear naked choke is the one that will literally take your breath away. Everyone, please welcome Ray Lumuxo.
0: (laughs) What an introduction. (laughs) Thanks for having me, man.
1: Oh, of course, man. I appreciate that, man. I, I love, I love my introduction. So I'm like, I'm glad that you appreciate it.
0: <laughs> that was he did his research. I didn't tell him any of that stuff. I try. <laughs> cool.
1: Before we move on, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I really do appreciate it. For
0: sure. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Thanks for cool. reaching out.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, man. Just shout out to Jet. Yep. Jet, Lab. <laughs> Jet Lab. Jet Lab. And my boy, I love it. Me him. too, man. It's my guy. Why don't you tell the immigrant nation where they can reach you or if you promote anything?
0: Uh, yeah, so you guys can reach me on my Instagram at ray underscore lamoxo, R A Y underscore L U, Mary, OK S O. And my website link is on there too, raylamoxo.com.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. New York City, we're talking about born and bred.
0: Yeah, so I'm originally from Queens. I was born Queens. in Queens. Okay. Still I live in Queens. It's the, the world's borough. You know, that's where the airports are. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait, which airport is that?
0: Yeah, uh, so both JFK and LaGuardia are here. JFK oh, okay. is the international airport, and then the uh, domestic flights come out of LaGuardia. But they are in the same
1: borough. Mm. Are you cl- yeah. are you close to the airport that you can hear the planes or no?
0: Uh I can hear the planes. I, I I'd say where I live, I live in Bayside, which is like mm. um, northeast Queens. So. Uh, I'm close enough
2: mm. I see planes
0: all the time they're not they're not uh, you know absurdly loud or super low where I am but you can see them I think anywhere in, in New York you can pretty much see planes all the time if you look in the sky
1: yeah pretty much I guess it's a busy city by the way offline we're talking about your last name that is so unique that I've never I know the word but I've never met someone that has that last name do you know where the last name's from in the philippines
0: uh i don't know the uh er, where it originates from but my mm. my parents are are uh Visaya. they're from mm. uh like the Bacolod area but they're from sagai mm. which is uh like the, the closest major cities is probably Bacolod,
1: mm, yeah yeah are you a yeah. singer
0: am i a singer no
1: come uh, on you didn't have I the gene
0: No, but I, so I grew up playing a lot of music, like play guitar, piano. Mm -hmm. I can play the drums, pretty much Mm -hmm. anything in between. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it came out of me personally. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't sing. Nothing. eh? Okay.
1: Now would you have preferred for you to be able to sing and not play any musical instrument or reverse?
0: I think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy with the decision that (laughs) was, was given to me to not, because I think it's it's easier to be a lot more creative if you're not the one that's singing, you know? Mm. When you're singing, it's kind of like everything else is... Uh, you have to kind of fit your form into that. Okay, okay. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's one of... I know how to play guitar. I'm sure not as good as you, but I know I used to at least play a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, high school, girls, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And then you get to college, everybody plays guitar. You go into a dorm room or something. You thought you were special because you know how to play guitar and then everybody knows how to play guitar. and you're
1: like, Yeah, oh, exactly. Speaking of college, I think some digging on you. You used to have a band.
0: Yeah, I was in like three or four different bands. Mm. But in college, I was in two bands at the time. And one of them was called Potpourri and the other one was called Mending Wall. The one in, that, that was called Potpourri, that was with like my friends that I went to college with, that I was in school with. And it was like kind of just like a, a way for us to like, Make more friends, and you know, try and not take college too seriously. And then the other band I was in was with my friends that I grew up with in Queens, and that was a little more serious than popery. Like we would record and, uh, a demo, did a whole record, so it was a little more serious than that. But
1: did you go to any shows, or did you even go uh, tour? Yeah, we played.
0: We played a couple shows. It never got to a point where we toured. Hmm. It was just you know the there's too many moving parts i think when you become uh like a touring group or something that's more serious than one show a month you know it's it gets too too hectic too crazy everyone's got a crazy schedule especially at that time in our lives you know we're like 21 22 years old half of the school is in college and then half the band is in college and then half the other band is already working full-time jobs they're all like union uh tradesmen they they worked as like electricians or just oh, in construction man. already so yeah. yeah it's hard to be all on the same page when you know we have that was our one common ground was like playing music
1: mm-hmm. what kind of music did you play
0: rock music both both bands both band and rock. i played yeah in one band i played drums and the other band i played guitar
1: yeah but what kind of rock um
0: I guess I would, uh, it's like, it's like our main influences were like Thrice. I don't know if you ever listen to Thrice. It's like, um, it, I, I would say maybe progressive was like the closest thing, Okay. but okay. it wasn't, it wasn't as complicated as Prague. So it, uh, it's still up there though. It was definitely difficult to play, difficult to like get on the same page with everybody. And there was like a, a certain specific level of skill that I feel like we all tried to, uh, uphold, but. Yeah, I mean, those are the old days. That's we're, we're talking like almost ten years ago now. You know, <laughs> I think anything within that, that hasn't happened within the past year. It's like I've already reinvented myself six months ago. You know, oh, so
1: definitely, especially yeah. with the COVID time. Like the COVID time is like yeah. a blur.
0: Oh yeah, I know it, it deleted. I think two years off of everybody's life. Like <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. I wish I could get that time back. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes, I see your point, but for me. This is why when I started the podcast was during COVID. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I was like, so I was like, okay, you know what, dude? I've always wanted, though, to start a podcast even way before. Yeah. The, even the pod, when podcast wasn't podcast yes. But, yeah, I mean, it gave me an opportunity to, to just sit back, re- reflect, and, and all this stuff. But, yeah, of course, the part of, like, not spending time with family or going anywhere, that sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely mm-hmm. gave a better perspective,
1: but, yeah. Yeah, did you play a lot of musical instruments during those times?
0: Um, I guess I played a little more guitar than I usually do, but
1: mm.
0: um, yeah, like you're not you're not able to jam with people, you're not able to collaborate with people that outside of like being on a like a Facetime or anything. It's just not the same, you know. Yeah, when you're jamming in a room with like four or five different other people, and uh, there's a specific vibe in there, it's like, dude, this is fun, but you know. I think I think uh, when you're playing with people that are over the internet, it's just like it gives you a taste of what what it could have been, but it's not the same.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And I know you're a, a BJJ. What's your belt now with the Jiu-Jitsu? Uh I'm a purple belt now. Purple? So. Congratulations. Thank you,
0: sir. Yeah, That's I got my purple badass. belt in February. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How yeah, long did so it take you? I've, uh been training since 2017. Oh, bro, so, that's pretty good yeah yeah so i don't know there's some the uh, black belt is like a 10-year road minimum so <laughs> um but you know I, I obviously those are your goals when you first start training and then you know you, you quickly are reminded that like oh shit this is not there's a reason not everyone has a black belt you mm-hmm. know and yeah. there's a reason there's not everyone's even a blue belt yeah so but uh, I, yeah, yeah i
1: heard there's like some people could like stay at like purple belt for like four years before they can get it i people, next yeah
0: week. i know people that have been in purple belt for six or seven years and then covid made it even worse
1: Yeah. You know? what what make this what do they decide what make them decide that like okay that's the thing about that's the thing out. about
0: jujitsu. yeah because like you know if you traditional not traditional martial art, i wouldn't consider them traditional but like let's say karate and taekwondo there's mm. There's a belt system. There's a time to it. There is, um, you know, some of them have tests that you have to pass and it's all dependent on who the resident black belt of that association is in jujitsu. It's like, it's such a free form thing. And it's like, you have to develop a relationship with your coach or with what people, some people call them professors in jujitsu. You know, you have to develop that relationship with them and they're the ones that really know your game and they're the ones that give you your rank. So that's why if you hear people talk about jujitsu in their ranks, they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm a Henzo Gracie black belt or I'm a Half Gracie black belt or, you know, whoever whoever you are, John Dan or her black belt, I got my black belt from this guy. The game I know is from this guy. And, you know, it, it provides a sense of legitimacy knowing that, you know, I worked at least 10 years for this. There's outliers, like, in the UFC. Like, I'm sure you've heard of, like, BJ Penn. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, BJ Penn got his black belt in four years. That doesn't happen, like... <laughs> that does not happen. There's no way. The, the,
1: you think there's uh, politics? Are, uh,
0: there, there, there definitely is a sense of politics in it too. You know, you know, people ranking up. It, it it's a business.
1: You know? Yeah, I guess. So, because so. I mean, like, if I could choke you, I know how the way. Why am yeah. I not black belt? You know.
0: Yeah, I agree. That that's how I saw it too. But there's there's a lot more to it than just like getting that one submission within a five minute round, you know, are you able, like, there's, there's a lot more things that I think go into molding what a black belt is. You know, is that person going to come back and train tomorrow? I don't think so. You know, or are you going to consistently become in training four or five times a week? Sometimes even twice a day, if you have the time
1: twice a day, Yeah,
0: Yeah. So depending on what my schedule is, I will try to get in there twice a day. And, you know, I'm, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even disrespect people that say that they, they're, they're doing this professionally I, i'm a hobbyist compared to those people there are people that literally train two to three times a day and like that's their life for me it's it i, I consider it a big part of my life but i'm not by any means a professional fighter or professional martial artist like it's it's become a part of my identity but at the same event there are people that like they are jujitsu fighters those those people are like that's that's who they are like that's that's their true identity. They're, pro- they're professionals. They teach, they, you know, they have a business around it. They, they own their school, they own the gym, you know, that's how they make their money.
1: Did you try to learn other uh, martial arts before?
0: So I did, when I was a kid, I did like uh Shotokan karate. I was like maybe eight or 11 and then it just faded because it was, it was like a karate school that started in the basement of a Lutheran church right it was like you know and there's so many stories like that like even jujitsu schools some of them start like that but i just like i i found other hobbies i ended up playing guitar playing piano I'm like you know my i was fortunate my parents uh kind of entertained all the requests that i had uh, all the interests that i had and Lucky
1: guy they were like
0: yeah not everyone's so fortunate but yeah i stepped away from martial arts for a long time and then after college i was like yeah there's a school that just opened up you know there's a henzo gracie school that just opened up in the neighborhood and i was like that would be kind of cool to learn how to you know do it even if it's just for six months mm-hmm. and fast forward six years later i'm like oh shit i'm still here <laughs> you know like and now <laughs> it's amazing. like trying to train every night or whenever i get the time really if That's work worker projects don't get in the way and then
1: yeah, yeah i mean it's been a good sure.
0: opportunity to, to flex a lot of other skills too like i go there and i uh, try to practice my photography sometimes a lot of the mm-hmm. video making skills that i get are you know i would attribute it to like being in the room and turning the camera on mm-hmm. like you don't there's n- not a lot of people have that opportunity and i'm you know i'm fortunate that they even let me do that
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: are there <laughs> and, a lot of so. filipinos that's uh practicing jiu-jitsu there
0: uh there's a couple um so the it's a big like asian community i'd say me anytime you step on the mat probably half the people on the mat are asian Mm. but i I could probably like four or five consistent you know filipino people are training
1: Mm. did you grow up around a filipino community or were you those type of filipinos that like in one one town and you're the only filipino there
0: So, I grew up in Queens. There was, when I was, I went to Catholic school, you know, Mm. but my parents are super Filipino. They were like, oh, you need to go to Catholic school. You need to go to a school that has a uniform, (laughs) all this stuff. Like, typical Filipino first generation, right? Mm. So, the school I went to, there was, in my class, there was two other Filipino boys. Mm. There was just three Filipino kids in the class. And they all mistook us for each other.
1: (laughs) Well, you yeah. guys all look alike, right?
0: Yeah, we're all you know like three chubby Filipino kids <laughs> in the first grade, you know, and we're all wearing uniforms. They're calling me the other kid's name, the other kid they're calling my name, and I'm just mm. like, oh, man. And then, like as a kid, like that's like that's messing with your identity, right? So,
2: yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I grew up in. I mean, there's it's very uh, ethnically diverse, but for the most part, it's all Irish, Italian, typical Catholic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I say typical because if you're from Queens, especially where I'm from, everybody's either Irish or Italian. Mm. And you have the occasional Puerto Rican t- type of Latino or Asian Chinese, and uh, there's a lot of Haitian people too that I went to school with. So, but yeah, it was it was very diverse in a sense, but it was like I think the popular kids were Irish Italian kids
1: because they're white
0: they're white. Yeah, they were white. So, you know, everything that I was doing, I was trying to emulate them. Like mm-hmm. I identified as like, as like one of the kids from this school and, you know, like anything that was like Filipino, like I was like almost ashamed of, I was like, I don't want to take that to school. I want Lunchables for, for lunch. Like, I don't want to take a uh, chicken adobo with rice. Like <laughs> mom, you can stop, like, you can, you can chill and like not have to make me lunch every day. You just like buy this shit. And I'm like, I'm thinking now, I'm like, damn, that took years off of my life, eating that shit. <laughs> you know, like, I could have been eating good from, literally from first grade up until high school. And I chose to, like, put that stuff in my body at the time, you know. That's just why you were chubby. Were doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well you know how it is they they tell you like you know don't leave a grain of rice on your plate it's just like never ending like they it's... they grew up poor so mm. they're gonna try and take advantage like my i'm talking about them as my parents my parents are gonna try and you know put me in the best situation and put me in a situation that they that they didn't have so it, it went all the way down to the food like can't you can't waste anything because you know they didn't grow up with it yeah that, that was there
1: when was the moment in your life that you realized th- that, oh, I am Filipino and I'm proud to be a Filipino?
0: Um, I think it was like maybe like sixth grade. So our school, our school had like this, um, they called it the International Festival. And it was like a, um, uh, a way or uh, it was like a uh, a weekend thing that they had everyone showcase their heritage and their ethnicities. So like there was a, there. not that there was a big Filipino community at the school, but you know, it's a, it's a Catholic school. There's going to be Filipino people there and you know, they don't, the Filipino people in New York city at the time, they didn't have the whole families here. It was like, you know, for my mom, it was my, my, none of my father's uh, siblings are in America. My mom is like one of nine kids and only her brother was here and he lived and he lived in connecticut at the time he still lives in connecticut has a family there but you know we're so far apart new york city to connecticut is at least an hour away so we don't see them all the time it was like it was like the the filipino people i associated with were the ones i went to school with like those were the people that my mom uh, naturally gravitated to because they spoke the same language i mean obviously it wasn't it wasn't Elongo uh, or or Messiah, but they still spoke Tagalog, and it was like the most common, easy thing for them to understand. Like they're speaking broken English all the time. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm like mom, that's not how you say it, dad, that's not how you say it. Like imagine your eight year old kid is like correcting you and telling you what to do. You came to this country that's four thousand miles away on your own. No one else is here. Like you're gonna tell me how how things work out here, man. <laughs> like you, <laughs> it's just uh yeah i think it was 6th grade that i i started to realize that you know what uh, what the actual um like what my actual ethnicity and like what my upbringing was and like what my what the lineage of my family was because i saw all the things at the filipino at the international festival and i started to notice like you know we are different from the irish italian families that are here but in, in a way, it's like, you know, there's there's certain foods and desserts that everyone that, you know, is not Filipino is gravitating towards. And they're like, oh, this shit's actually kind of good. You know, like, <laughs> you know, they like, they like lechofan, they like wubi cakes, like stuff like that. Lumpia. Lumpia like, is the big one, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: oh, your mom making those fucking egg rolls again? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's making them. Right, I'm coming over. You know, it's like, it's like, those are things that, Um, they're not. I wouldn't say they're novelty, but it's like those are the things that people who aren't Filipinos think about when you tell them you're Filipino.
1: Yeah, food. It's the the, it's it's the key to their heart. Yeah,
0: I think. Yeah,
1: it's. I just don't like those people that just ask for adobo because we have more shit.
0: Oh yeah, I know. I don't even consider adobo to be Filipino food at this point. Yes, it is. It is, but there's. There's definitely
1: more out there. Oh, definitely. Like, like we, talk, we said, lumpia, which I refuse to call Shanghai roll or egg roll. By the way, I call it lumpia. If somebody yeah. says, "Oh, what is that? Shanghai roll?" No, it's lumpia. It's different. I've never even heard Shanghai roll. Yeah, that's what we call it here, Shanghai in Canada. Shanghai roll. I'm like, no, dude. It's lumpia. It's different. It's better. It's delicious. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. You With your relationship with your parents having, you know, issues speaking English and whatnot, did you did that put pressure on you to translate for them or communicate with them?
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, to this day, it's still like that. You know, I, they, they've been in this country. My mom came here in 86. So what is that? It's over 30 years ago. 34. I don't even know. Thirty-seven years ago. All
1: right, let's do not. Let's let's drop the math because I'm stupid with math. <laughs> You're the <laughs> engineer, okay?
0: Yeah, well, that's what they make calculators for. <laughs> uh, but you know, like they've been here for that amount of time, they've obviously immersed themselves in the culture. But there's still mm. things that they there's still words that they don't understand, or people talk too fast, or you know the the, the way that they deliver information is just like. The, only the people here can really understand that, you know? <laughs> so yeah. uh, there's a lot of times that I find myself being the mediator between them, mm. primarily at restaurants, right? When they try to <laughs> order food, they're like, oh, like how many, how many people does that serve? How many pieces has come with, you know, mm. like
2: mm.
0: it could be something like that. And they're like, we don't count the amount of pieces that comes with, like, it's just, <laughs> that's just what it is. You know, and my parents have a hard time understanding that sometimes, but you know, okay. it's like, uh, yeah, I definitely, Our find myself start-
1: Jokes. jokes are the yeah, worst yeah.
0: yeah yeah or or when you where, when they're trying to joke with people that are that don't find it funny because mm. filipinos are always like laughing and smiling yeah even yeah. though things aren't funny right or things mm. aren't or you know if they're in an uncomfortable situation they'll just smile because that's just their that's like their d- default setting i like <laughs> yeah. i like to say like mm. a filipino person's default setting is just them smiling so like yeah. when they're in an awkward situation they're like uh you know and then the person that they're interacting with just like blows up at them like why are you <laughs> fucking why are you smiling like this isn't <laughs> funny i'm like i'm sorry dude i'm really trying to be upset but i can't not be smiling like
1: this is how we am. are
0: yeah you know? yeah and a lot of people have a hard time understanding that even me like when i get into awkward situation i'm kind of laughing about it even though i you know subconsciously it's really not funny I think it's just from seeing my parents be in awkward situations like them, like the only thing that they really can't, I've never seen them like grimace or being like uncomfortable. Like it shows on their face that they're not smiling, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a very used word, but like, f- that's one thing I, 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 proud, proud of Filipinos. We're very resilient, you know? Yeah. Like, like it could be like the typhoon just passed by and all the houses are, are blown away and they're just laughing. Half of their yeah. bodies in the dirty water, and they're just laughing. Yeah, I know. And it's we're crazy. like, "Why are you laughing?" It's... yeah, <laughs> but we die. But, but we do it just. My mom always says, "Like, what are you gonna do?" Yeah, be
0: miserable. You're gonna be a miserable fuck. I don't know.
1: Exactly. That's, you know?
0: That's, that's that's the. Uh, you have two choices, you know, and I feel like. But uh, what I'm saying is, I feel like for Filipinos, it's not really a choice. They're just <laughs> default. They're defaulted to that position.
1: Yeah, he's they're, just like,
0: they're just, you know, to try yeah, and have a straight face is hard. They can't.
1: Yeah, like, like sometimes I'll be I'll, when I come over to my mom's and we we'll start talking about you know, gossip from the back home, and they're like, oh, they drink every night. I'm like they drink gin, like for twenty twenty pesos gin, which is like what, like, like fifty cents or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're happy yeah you yeah. know and we have like Jack Daniels and whatnot over here, and we're like, you know it just <laughs> like what is going on did we mess up by like, moving here or what is going on
0: yeah there's there's definitely some moments that I feel like my parents think that too, but you know there was this is you know this this the western world was like a a uh a, a chance at opportunity for them, mm-hmm. so you
1: but- know Growing up, you know, your mom and your dad are, of course, like you said, Filipinos to the bone. And you, you're an American boy. Yeah. How was your relationship with him?
0: Uh, It was good. I mean, at times, like, you know, trying to find your identity as as an American kid Mm -hmm. while you still have, like, this crazy Filipino or international influence Mm -hmm. is hard. Because, like... I don't know if you can tell I don't have an accent,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like my, I, I don't even have a New York accent. They're t- it, I, I feel like my accent changes depending on who the audience I talk to is. Same. You know, so it's, it's, uh, it's weird. We had a good relationship. but I, uh, I think we understand each other on a different level, you know, because mm-hmm. they speak to me in Tagalog or Visayat and I just respond in pure English, not even a single word of Tagalog gets mm. rebutted
1: but you understand
0: really, them yeah 100% like i'll have i'll hear them have conversations with their friends and then i'll i'll like butt in and like i'll will speak in english and they'll be like you understood that like you can understand what i'm saying i'm like hell yeah i under- I, I know <laughs> i know everything that you're saying like you got to be careful when you talk about me <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> for so, sure why don't you speak
0: it i guess cuz i just have never been in a position to that that i've had to Anytime that someone speaks Tagalog to me, I would respond in English, and it's like it cuts it cuts it off. Like I don't I don't have there's no uh, necessity for me to respond to Tagalog. Mm. If I can communicate effectively by speaking English back, then it's like
1: yeah, I, it's I, like I, I,
0: I, there's there's no the, the not that I don't have the desire to, but it's like I don't need to, you mm.
1: know, because you understand them like, in a way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have uh, you ever visit? Oh yeah, I've been there. Maybe five or six times. Okay. Last time was in
2: 2016.
0: Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's kind of a long time now. But um, yeah, even when I go there, I don't speak Tagalog. Everyone everyone there understands English. They all watch uh, American television. They all watch YouTube. They're they're literally watching people like they're watching American people vlog mm-hmm. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's like the the people that are vlogging they don't they don't have it they don't speak Tagalog they are speaking pure English pure American mm-hmm. English, not even mm-hmm. just like English, English, you know, yeah, yeah, they have yeah. their New York accent or whatever it is, and they understand them 100%. So like, what? like, if you hear me and my cousins have a conversation, it's like, they're speaking to me in a long Visaya and I'm just responding in, in English. And like, <laughs> they are they I hear them always, uh, like, uh, bring up this like figurative term, like, oh, your nose is gonna bleed. Because mm. yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know what the actual
1: it's Word. hard to translate but its the idea is is so hard that your brain will hurt and it will your nose it will bleed and your no, it will come out through your nose yeah
0: what is it like dugong uh, a
1: or something dugong ilong mo
0: oh yeah
1: yeah it's a that's... it's a silly thing but yeah i, I know, know but that's
0: yeah like I I just remember that last time I went there, I was talking like this, like having a conversation like that with them like this. Mm. And they're like, oh, like talking to my cousins. My my mom is like, oh, is your nose bleeding yet? (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, I'm speaking at my normal rate, right? So for them to understand that could be difficult, but they get it, you know?
1: Yeah, they understand.
0: It's definitely bad for like the next generation, Mm. like my kids. Mm. If I, if and when I do have children, like they're not going to speak a lick of
1: Tagalog.
2: Yeah. I have a
0: brother; he's a year younger than me. He doesn't, he doesn't understand it at all. Wow, he's only one year younger. Yeah, that's
1: Which crazy. I, yeah, yeah. Listen, my kids—they don't speak a word of it. My, my wife is Italian Irish, mm. and I try to speak to them; they just look at me like I'm stupid. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, but you yeah. got to keep, you got to keep pounding. You got to keep I, hammering. I, 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 that's trying. what my parents did. My parents, my parents, like, they just kept hammering it. Literally. Hmm. Any chance that they would get, they would speak to me in Tagalog. And and I was curious. So I would always ask, like, what does this mean? What does that mean?
2: Hmm.
0: You know, they, for a couple of years, actually, my grandparents lived with us. And I think that's what, that's really what set it in stone.
2: Yeah. Because
0: yep. they did, they couldn't speak any English. So they would always speak to me in Tagalog. They understood what I was saying. But you know, it was kind of like that—that that whole translation, like weird translation thing. You know,
2: yeah. like
0: it's funny because it's at a point where people speak to me in Tagalog, and I don't have to translate it. Like mm. I know what you know. There's like there's like that conversion that happens in your brain. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I don't even I, when they speak to me, I don't have to convert it into English.
1: It's just automatic. Yeah, I already know what they're talking about. Mm, it's a skill.
0: But it's weird because I I didn't do anything to develop the skill.
1: Yes, you did. did. You're listening to your parents.
0: Yeah, I guess they're the ones doing the talking, though. You know, I'm not. I didn't go to. There's no Filipino school. There's no. I didn't. There's no like formal training that I had. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if I had to type it and text it out, or if or if people um, put a Facebook post, Mm. I can understand exactly what they're saying. And it's not always. Yeah yeah it's so weird it's so weird that's what i'm saying that's crazy i don't don't have to but i can't speak it i'm sure i'm sure if there was a necessity for me to do so i could
1: yeah i mean it's our our tongue is a muscle so you just need to you need to train it you have the brain part already so you just need to practice your tongue
0: but like you said there's
1: why am i gonna speak tagalog there's no point
0: just to keep it alive
1: yeah, I guess that's, so.
0: That's 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 the main motivator, I think, at this point. I mean, I'm 30 years old now, and I'm thinking about this. So, but <laughs> I, I, you know, there's it's never too late to develop a skill. Mm, of think, course, uh, I but, I do yeah. love
1: practicing it still, like because I guess at home I don't speak and don't speak it at almost zero. When I go to my parents, I try to speak in English, no, in uh, Tagalog as much. But I prefer when it's a party. That it pushes oh, yeah, me yeah. more to speak the intergalom.
0: Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you have to be social and, like, you have to, like, crack jokes and, like, yeah. have, like, Filipino humor that doesn't always translate well <laughs> to English, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Yeah, so, that, yeah,
1: that's fun stuff. Plus, I just love speaking it. Yeah. I enjoy it oh, also. I, I, don't know,
0: I don't know why I don't speak it. I think part of me is uh, there's a... Uh, a sense of almost like embarrassment.
1: It's always like that, that, it's based that, on that, confidence.
0: That, yeah, like there's no like I don't have the confidence to speak it, so mm-hmm. I don't. feel like, uh, you know, that yeah, I, I really have the guts to fucking say what it is I need to say. <laughs> it's easy for me to, to 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 respond in English, like have pure confidence, responding in English, knowing mm-hmm. that I know what they're saying. But for me to respond in Tagalog, it's just like I'm melting. You know, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I literally can't respond. I've, I've, I've 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 no uh, no comeback for it. It's just no, like, I, I, no, for I sure. To, it's
1: it's it's based on confidence. It's like you want you're gonna get you're gonna get ridiculed.
0: Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. And you I know Filipinos and fucking busting yeah, your balls. We're yeah, like yeah, hall yeah, of famers. Yeah.
0: yeah, I know, I know, I <laughs> know.
1: It's one of the toxic traits that we have that I don't mind leaving because I love it
0: yeah i know but it, it's when you start talking to other people of other cultures that it becomes an issue. <laughs> they're just definitely. like
1: dude you need to chill <laughs> definitely earlier you mentioned this that you your photography uh i love your photography by the way when you need to put Thanks. more bro like like five of them
0: we need more yeah i know i know well you know i'm trying to uh put the select things up there mm-hmm. i mean uh i i do understand that i need to uh myself out there a little more Mm -hmm. but you know it's it's part of i think my my personal development i'm still trying to focus on work at the same time trying to focus on things that i still consider to be a hobby to me you know Mm. like those things they, they, they do bring in some money sometimes but it's nothing compared to um my day job or really nothing that really can sustain me on a permanent level
1: yeah, definitely. It's, it's passion, right? Yeah. How did you get into photography?
0: Um, my parents, they always had cameras in the house. Like mm-hmm. whether it was like a 35 millimeter like um, you know, point and shoot camera, that was like the first one that they had. Mm-hmm. And then um they bought like a DSLR, like when I was maybe freshman year of high school. And uh yeah, it was like a Canon Rebel XT. I was like, oh, shit, this is a cool camera. This looks like a legit camera, you know? And, like, looking back at it now, it's like, damn, that camera was so, like, elementary, you know? Mm, Compared to the cameras today, 20 years down the line, I'm like, damn. Mm. But, yeah, that was kind of the intro to it. And then, um, yeah, that was... They always had photo albums and stuff growing up, too. Like, Mm. they, they they got everything developed. So I think that was, like... That, that was what interested me in it. It was just like a way to preserve memories. Like I remember peer I, I vividly remember going through them, you know, mm. at, like maybe once or twice a month, I would look at them and like the, like there wasn't really any thought into the pictures they were taking either. It was just like, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to, this looks cool. I'll take a picture of this. Like I, I remember seeing a picture of my grandparents on a boat um, with like the, the world trade center in the background. Like that wow. was like one of the coolest pictures that I seen like I don't even know where the photo is anymore. I'm sure I have a screenshot of it somewhere on my phone, but mm. you know, it was like, damn, like these, it's like a frozen moment in time that, you know, mm-hmm. like the building doesn't exist anymore. You know, it's just like, it's crazy. So, yeah. and then from there, I think, you know, I started when that can when my parents got that camera, I started bringing it out. Like with my friends, I would skate mm. and I would take pictures of them. And like, you know, we would just chill at the park, take pictures and it developed into a situation where I just like liked taking photos, and it just I would I would try and frame shots all the time. Mm. It never got to a point where I was like, "Oh, I want I, I could go to school for this," you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, even in school, we had like we had to like make video projects and stuff, and I was always like, I I like was always the guy editing the videos.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? that's awesome. So, yeah, and
0: I think that the the videos were like an extension of photography because mm-hmm. it was like you know it's all somewhat visually related, right? Mm-hmm. So you're very yeah. creative.
1: Where did in the family it come from?
0: I have no idea.
1: Moments that are not creatives.
0: No. So my my father was uh, a seaman, mm-hmm. right? So he was a sailor. He sailed for like eight years. His, he comes from like a line <laughs> yep. of sailors. They're all maritime <laughs> related people. And then my mom's a nurse, but she's also one of nine. So, and they're all like either business uh, oriented or they're nurses. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I I think it might've been something that I ran into here.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? That I was able to to find on my own or something that influenced me outside of them
1: yeah I would like to ask you because obviously you're very creative however creativity is helped by privilege sometimes yeah you need money to be privileged you can't create if you're hungry right I mean there are people that do (laughs) well yeah but that's a lot of sacrifices do you think if, let's say you were born in the Philippines, do you think, and, you know, your decent life, do you think you'll be a creative?
0: No, I really don't know what I would be. Hmm. I'd probably, you know, just do whatever my dad told me. <laughs> Literally, that's it. Like You're going to be they, a C-man. <laughs> no, no. He, I, he was like, you should be a doctor, you know, you should be a doctor or a nurse. You should be a nurse like your mom. I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, I... I'm kind of
1: chunky over here, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, he. I did tell. I. I initially wanted to become uh, like in. I wanted to go to maritime school, Mm. but there's because there's a big maritime school here where I live, and he was like really doing his best to talk me off the ledge. Like he showed me (laughs) all these videos of like you know high seas, like there's like fifty to hundred foot waves, right? Mm. And it's like. The ship will like bounce up and down and change elevation like that in the middle of the ocean and he's like this is this is what i want you to see and maybe you can think about twice about going to this academy yeah and if you really want to do this and then i was like you know what i kind of don't want to do that shit. So <laughs> i don't I want like, to drown <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know they talked me out of it and then mm. yeah but yeah back to your question it it definitely stems from being privileged i think because you know, I, I grew up with other privileged kids too, but they weren't really that creative. Mm. They, you know, they, I, I, they definitely weren't thinking about taking pictures or videography or, you know, Crazy I mean, stuff. It, it, mu- yeah, music. I think was the the most common ground, mm. but that was like, you know, people learned instruments out of necessity because I asked them, like, hey, like, you want to start a band? And they were like, you know what? I kind of do when I started band, like my best friend Jonathan that I grew up with, he didn't start playing guitar until like two years after I started playing guitar. Mm. And like, he started playing guitar because I didn't have anyone to jam with. <laughs> yeah. Like, You're peer you know, pressured in. Yeah. But we were like 10 years old, 13 years old, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. You mentioned the geography. I see that you do some vlogs or short films. Yeah when did that start and how did you get into that
0: so i i remember doing like a bunch of like video projects in high school Mm -hmm. but like that was like ground level like i wouldn't even consider that ground level stuff like i was using like windows video editor like this was (laughs) maybe like in 2009 or 2010 Mm -hmm. like i still had a windows computer it was so bad but um it was that i really didn't get into like that type of video editing till college. Mm. Like I went, to, so I went to engineering school when I was like in a chemical engineering program and it was very like regimented almost like there mm-hmm. was, there was, wasn't was really room to like be creative or to take different classes that can expose you to other things that aren't engineering or business or math related, science mm-hmm. related. But I had some credits from high school that transferred over and I ended up having one free elective that I could have taken in, in my last semester. And it was like um, digital video editing class. And that's, I think that's really when it started. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was like it, I had like, that's kind of where the whole privilege thing kind of falls into place. Like if I didn't go to school and if I didn't have these like video editing tools, I wouldn't realize that this was a thing that I liked mm-hmm. or something that I found myself good at. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that was like that was like that that I think those were the keys to the car, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Damn, this is this looks fun." I wish I I wish I didn't wait till my last semester to do this. (laughs) Exactly.
1: I was busy chasing girls.
0: No, I was busy in the (laughs) library,
1: dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Our library was like a twenty four seven. You know, this where I'm like looking at the background. I'm like, this looks like my school. (laughs) Yes, sir. It is. Holy shit. Yeah. The library. I was like, that looks like Manhattan college.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. I tried to put a wallpaper in my back. It depends on, you know, what's important to the guest.
0: Yeah. I mean, Manhattan college is definitely. Yeah. So I I, I didn't mention the school I went to was Manhattan college. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was a great place. Like this, this photo is bringing back a lot of memories. It wasn't <laughs> even that long ago. Yeah, Seven years ago, I graduated. But yeah, definitely still very connected.
1: I see some of your works. They're more of like storytelling. Have you ever thought of creating something that will and propagate Filipino culture or something that it shows? Yeah, Filipino
0: culture. Um, honestly, no, I haven't thought about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than like maybe like traveling there and like really um making like some type of very detailed um like specific visual thing that that's really it that it would be hard for me it's like i I'm not creative in a sense where I write scripts for things or um I'm like the uh initiator of an idea like mm. i i'm i'm i i like to think of myself as like someone that enhances ideas that other people bring to me like, Engineer. yeah exactly. <laughs> it's hard to originate uh, like, you know, original ideas. It's, it's tough. I think that for me personally, that's my challenge is coming up with something that's creative from that standpoint. I think when I get, when I get into a team that like really tries to make something that that's where I, that's where I feel like I
1: fit in. Wow. And you never tried to compose a song?
0: Uh, Yeah, I have like a, a lot of songs that I've written were, but, A lot of songs I've written have been with other people, like in a band.
1: But you never did just by yourself.
0: No, I think it's. I think it's. That's a whole different level of creativity to be the originator of someone. I think that's that's the thing with photography is I'm not creating it. It's my it's my perspective of how I I I view things.
1: Yeah, you know, I like that idea because I do write. Well, whenever I feel like writing. Yeah, and. I love collaborating, but I'm more of like the idea guy.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, for me personally, I think for other people, it does come very naturally to be a person that's original. And it's like to have like the skeleton, so to speak. Mm. Right. And then like everything else that's built around that. It's like I'll just keep layering and layering and layering, like try and get to a point where it's like, you know, my personal influences are are there.
1: Yeah, I see.
0: I think that uh, to be the originator is like, that's a whole another level that I, I personally haven't even tapped into yet.
1: Dude, Maybe listen, it's not. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's hard, but sometimes you, but I swear to God, sometimes sitting down thinking of nothing and idea will come in. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I have to write this. Or sometimes I dream of things. Yeah. Sometimes I dream of a short film. Yeah. Like, And I'm not in it like people that I don't know about. It's just I'm watching the films. I just have to write it down what happened.
0: Yeah. See, I got to tap in your brain and we can develop something.
1: (laughs) Oh, there's darkness in there. You don't want to go in there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, sure. Offline, I would love to mention it to you. But yeah, I mean, that's very interesting because you're so creative. And you make these beautiful films, the vlogs, the photography, songs, and But you don't do it just alone. No,
0: I don't. I never do.
1: Never has in your life that you're sitting down and a riff comes into you or a line. Yeah, I mean
0: it's a riff, riff here and there, and then it then it's something that I bring to the table with everybody else. You know? And then we're like, This is ours. This is not it's not solely my thing. Hmm. That's why whenever I have the opportunity to give credit to somebody else, like it's 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 always there.
1: There's something about this. Like, why? Like, is it? Are you afraid that you think your idea is not good enough, or
0: maybe, maybe, yeah, probably the same way that I don't. Sometimes I don't have the confidence to respond to God.
1: Yeah,
0: for fear of because you have everything or something. I mean, I have the tools, right?
1: exactly, dude. You're like you complete. You got everything.
0: Yeah, but you know, I think I'm still. Like I said, every six months, you, maybe even every every other week, I feel like I'm kind of reinventing myself
2: hmm.
0: and I'm trying to pick up new skills. Like I feel like I'm still in a point where like I'm in uh like move collector mode. Like I'm still trying to to develop skills that I feel like will make that ultimate thing the best possible thing it can be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's definitely something I need to personally reflect on. I think.
1: Yeah, you need to get choked more. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one thing that I do that is that is very original to me, and yeah. like I think that's why I still keep going back. I'm like, and that's where a lot of my creative energy is going right now
2: for the past mm. couple of years.
0: Like, I don't, I don't really play music as much. You know. But I'm definitely trying to train four to five times a week. Mm-hmm. And balancing that with work and, you know, doing other things, it's like, it's hard. There's not enough hours in a day. You know?
1: No, especially like your full-time job. That's the thing. It's it's very yeah. difficult. It, it really fascinates me when you say that you can't create by yourself. Because looking, you know... Just looking at your Instagram like yo, this guy is fire, man. Like with, with the videos, Thanks, with the man. pictures. Thanks, and yet you mentioned that you can't create just solo by yourself. You have you I've, ever tried though?
0: I don't think I've ever actually tried, like mm. put put some generous effort into it. And I think uh, you know, somewhere mm. down the line I'm ultimately gonna have to. Yeah, but there's just so much stuff coming down the pipe. You know, I'm always trying to help other people out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They have other, pro- they come to me with projects and stuff. And I think the only things that I really do for myself are jujitsu and photography.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And those are things like that. The, you know, those 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 are like perspective things. Those aren't even things that you can create something out of thin air,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, like a song or a script or something. And that's that's what, that's what draws it to me. That, 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 that's why I'm drawn to it. It's like, it's easy for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I see so.
1: what you're saying. Like, But uh, listen, you you got to credit yourself with photography. Because uh, trust me, I have asked just this weekend, okay? I visited a statue of GSP, actually, uh, George St-Pierre. Nice. And I pretended like I'm going face uh, face-to-face with him, right? So I told my friend, yeah. I said, bro, I'm going to take a picture of you. I want you to take this exact angle of the picture, okay? So I took a picture. It's like a half-body kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I took a picture. I said, bro, this is what it looks like. I want exactly like this, right? This mother, you know what? Took a whole body picture. I'm like, yo, come on, man. What are you doing? I was so... (laughs) Dude, it was like from half... To full. Like yeah. what what part you did not understand? Like I She's just like, don't oh, you, care. You can crop it. You can crop it, bro. It's all good. <laughs> I was like, like and then you know how people sometimes they take picture of like for some reason they put the they take so much like it's either the top or the bottom. It's never yeah, in the yeah. middle.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's there's creativity yeah. there and then that's you. You put in your thing, your essence in your photography.
0: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean that's that's and that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's a skill, you're developing a skill, you know, the more, the more reps you put in, the more times you click the button, the more times you change the settings, like of that, uh, you know, of the exposure aperture and shutter speed triangle, like you're gonna, you're gonna get good at it. The more reps you put in. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what I find appealing to myself personally. I'm like, oh, wow, this above all, like this, 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 this cool thing exists or this cool moment exists like I want to be able to like freeze frame it from my point of view. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's like it's hard it's hard for people to it's kind of like a point of view thing, you know, like uh, I'm not creating something, I'm just kind of admiring it.
1: Mm, yeah. I see your point though that it's easy to take a picture, you don't have to create from zero. Yeah.
0: The inspiration's there. You just have to, you just have to like get a good angle or, you know, get good lighting or something, you know, yeah. something like that kind of like, um, almost romanticizes the moment, you know, mm. like, how can, how can you, how can you best do that? It's like, this is how I see it. I don't know if everyone else sees it like that, mm. but you're very
1: collaborative, right? Definitely. Yeah. 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 Cause the short film that you did with Jet and uh, Ja is, I love oh, it, yeah. bro. Great job.
0: Thanks, bro. Yeah, we got a couple more episodes coming out.
1: Mm-hmm. But, How uh, long did it take you to shoot one episode? Let's say,
0: uh, like a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like even that, it's like there's a lot of logistical planning that goes in. There's, mm-hmm. uh you know, their, their script and trying to break it down into a way that we can like efficiently film everything. How do you do that? It's like, you know, I, I would assume, I would imagine that on a higher, more crazy budget thing like they have people that do those things but for us it was like we were all doing it (laughs) you know so like you know it it was a cool uh like uh project you know Mm. everyone is very uh collaborative too like that was their script Mm. they wrote it and uh you know i just not again i just tried to enhance it tried to like uh incorporate my point of view in it it wasn't my original idea Mm mm-hmm but
1: you made it your own
0: yeah definitely definitely with the tools i have
1: yeah as always you check you did the settings you did the movement you did the angle yeah Yeah. it's still like i love that i am talking to you and you're like it's not really my idea and i cannot create an original DM, but you're so creative
0: yeah it is a weird thing it's a weird thing i don't know why Like I said, I don't think I've actually uh, put in like a good effort to do so. Mm -hmm. But you you know, one of these days I will. Yeah, every day. Hmm. Every day, you got to. Yeah, especially I have so many things going on. You know, uh, within within this realm of my life, and then like at work as an engineer, it's like, you know, we're working. I'm working on like uh, pipeline construction projects every day. I'm in the field. I'm, yeah. And then to to couple that with like being in Brooklyn and being in the city is like, you know, there are people that only do that. So to try and like, you know, be the same person and maintain that same personality and like, my um, sense of creativity with also being structured at the same time. It's I think that's that's where I feel like I'm I'm good at.
1: You that's like what I, being. Yeah. You like being in the middle?
0: Yeah, I like being uh, like an enhancer. That's literally it. I, I don't know how else to explain my
1: role when it comes to anything else. Most definitely. Listen, man, I think we're there. But before we close out, one, one more question. Yeah? Sure. What lesson has your work life taught you?
0: Um, my personal work life?
1: Uh, I think that there's always
0: room for self-improvement like I'm uh, maybe seven or eight years into my engineering career now.
2: Hmm.
0: And it's like, you know, I'm noticing that there's always something that I can be working on, whether it be engineering related or, you know, my personal life, it's really all the same.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Like if I get better, if I'm getting better at jujitsu, the mindset that I'm carrying over into jujitsu, into my work life, it's all the same. Same thing with, trying to just get better and develop more skills within like photography or videography, you know, it's, I'm still at the point where I think I'm acquiring skills and developing skills. And I don't know if that's ever going to stop. So, but yeah, if anything, if I, if I've learned anything from work, it's like, you got to keep acquiring skills. You've got to keep getting better. Otherwise you're just going to be stagnant and be the same person that you were six months ago.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Again, Ray, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. For sure, man.
0: Thanks for having me. Have a good evening. You too, man.
1: Bye. Later. Thank you again, Ray, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you listeners for listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.